This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. I want to encourage you. Uh, my kids were out at youth last night, and I was just at home just thinking about the Lord and His goodness. And I was thinking about my life, actually, from when I was just a very young child. And I was thinking about how God made all things work together for my good. It's just extraordinary when I, when I think about my life and what He's done and how good He's been to us. And as I thought about that, I began to think about, you know, my mum always took us to Sunday school and then to youth group. And I am so grateful that God got me as a teenager. I am so thankful that He set my heart ablaze for God and that I had, I had a youth group to connect to. I went to um, an Anglican girls' school, but I think there was only one other nominal Christian in my whole grade. Uh, and so because I had a youth group to connect to, I had leaders that were, were praying for me, were encouraging me. It, it made such a major difference in my life. And I was just actually worshiping God for the way that He took care of me in connecting me like that in church. I mean, it, I got so on fire for God as a teenager. I'd be, a, you know, dragging people who didn't want to go to just how I could get a lift to the early morning prayer meetings. I'd be, I'd be there every time the door was open, working in the Sunday school, going to every service that they had. And, and it wasn't for any other reason that I had found my life source. It was like, this is my life source. And you know, if you have kids, if you've got um, teenagers, I want you to recognize that the time goes like that. And you have a responsibility, yes, to, to build into them as family, to teach them what life looks like. But, but don't miss the opportunity to allow them to become connected with other young people that are on fire for God. You know, if, you're, if your kids aren't in the youth group, I want to encourage you. It is thriving. It is going so well. Pastor Chris is doing an amazing job. Actually, why don't we get, many of our youth leaders, I think, are going to be out in the children's church doing children's work. But why don't we get um, all the youth leaders in the house at the moment, if you could stand up, Abby, all the others, stand up if you were wherever you are, across the house, stand up. I want you just to say thank you to God for them. Father, we bless them. We bless them, oh God. And I pray your encouragement and your strength for them in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So Saturday night, bring your kids out. It's gonna be, it's gonna be wonderful, hallelujah. And, uh, and there's so much to be excited about. I've got I've got just such an excitement in my heart that God has blessed us to be here for such a time as this. I was just speaking to Brian Simmons today. He's coming out in May and uh, yay, hooray. He's really excited to come and be with us. And uh, he was just prophesying to us about today. Actually, he said, the Holy Spirit's gonna come to Glory City Church today with such glory and power. And I was like, yay, <laughs> we receive it, Jesus. So thank you, Jesus. He is so, so good to us. Let's just pray. Father, thank you for your presence. 
thank you, Holy Spirit, for blessing us, oh God, with your fellowship. Lord, we love you. We love you. Thank you for the way that you are building this house. Lord, we give you honor and praise. Lord, this is your doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. And we honor you and worship you, Father. Lord, I'm asking that you would strengthen each one of us, Father, with might in our inner being. Lord, that we would truly come to know Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith. Lord, that we being rooted and established in love may be able to comprehend the height and the depth and the width and the breadth, the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that we may be filled to overflowing with all the fullness of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. We've been hearing wonderful testimonies of healings and miracles and the power of God's at work. I've just been so excited for what he's been doing in the prophetic. Um, Pastor Amanda's been uh, doing an amazing job heading up the School of the Prophets, which has been wonderful. And I I believe they're actually even looking at the possibility of doing uh, an advanced School of the Prophets coming up too, which is going to be fun. And have you got Lana ministering this week at the School of the Prophets? That's going to be wonderful. We are so blessed. I was so excited by um, Sarah's word this week because God really is raising up the prophets. I've just been um, beginning to prepare for what we're going to do in, in November, which is the Australian Prophetic Summit. And previously we'd only ever done it as a one day event, but had struggled to really get all the voices heard. And so this year we've decided to put it on in November, November 5th, 6th and 7th and have three days. All the prophets from around the nation are coming, Gary Morgan, Finney and Izzy are are coming up. We've got prophets coming from uh, Tasmania and Western Australia and all over, uh, pretty much every state in the nation, I believe. And... um, and we're having Steve Schultz is going to be coming over, hallelujah, from the Elijah List. And it looks like Lance Walno is also going to be joining us, hallelujah. This is fun, huh? And, um, but what I love about it is, is that God is raising up the Australian voice and people are paying attention to the reality that God is doing something in our nation. And that's not for us to go, oh, aren't we good? It's for us to recognize the signs of the times, recognize what God's doing so that we can partner with it and not miss what God's doing right now. Hallelujah. When you see a wave coming, if you want to catch it, you need to start swimming. You need to be positioned well. And we want to recognize that God is not just raising up all these voices just to, um, uh, you know, for, for, for show. It's for a purpose, hallelujah, because the prophets are declaring what the Lord is doing in the nation right now, and we need to be partnering in prayer, hallelujah. If you aren't... Um, subscribe to the uh, Australian Prophetic Council Facebook page. Could I encourage you to do that and to follow it? Because we're, um, Pastor James just let out a wonderful word yesterday. There's some amazing words coming out. And they are, they're not just for you to judge and go, oh, that's a good word or a bad word. It's for you to look at and to actually pray into and, and declaring and, and partner with us uh, to really see God fulfill His purpose in the nation and the nations. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth prophesied over our nation uh, that the last great move of the Holy Spirit before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ would begin in Australia, New Zealand and the islands of the South Pacific and go to all the nations of the earth. 
that's begun. Hallelujah. And so we don't want to be um, uh, poor stewards of this incredible favor that we've been given, but we want to steward it well. Amen. We want to steward it wisely. And so I want to encourage you. I'm so grateful. Actually, we have some really amazing uh, prophetic voices in our house. It seems as God is really uh, gracing us with so many significant prophetic voices. And I don't believe that that's a coincidence, but it's designed that we might lift up a united cry, hallelujah, and declare the works of the Lord, hallelujah. So um, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear, amen. Hallelujah. Oh God, we worship you. We worship you. Let's just take a moment just to focus on him. Hallelujah. I'm still so touched by that beautiful song that came out about the tone of his voice. Why don't you just focus your eyes on him for a moment? Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, 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 Jesus is Lord. Just sing it over your circumstance. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, 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 Jesus is, Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Well, I got blessed this week with a sneaky copy of the rough draft of Romans in the Passion Translation. 
Jesus loves me, this I know. <laughs> Don't be jealous. It's coming very soon. But I thought I'd share it with you. <laughs> so we're going to have a look at Romans chapter 7. For those of you who are scratching your heads going, what on earth are they talking about? Uh, Brian Simmons is just working on a new translation of the Bible called the Passion Translation. Now, we don't exalt one translation above another. In fact, I use lots and lots of different translations because the Bible was written in Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. And the reality is, I don't fluently speak Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. Therefore, I need to read an English translation. So, your King James translation is not necessarily the perfect, only true translation. Didn't, Jesus didn't actually speak Old English. I love the King James. I love the New King James. I love the New Living. I love the New King, I like the New King James Version. I use that a lot. I, I use the NLT. I use the Message. I use whatever. I read the same verse in many, many different translations. I like to look at it in the Greek and Hebrew. I like to, to research it. But um, Brian's uh, just done an amazing translation. He's been going through uh, different books, hasn't completed it yet, but I just love the way he captures the dynamic of the Hebrew and the, the Aramaic and the Greek, and he's just done an amazing, amazing job. So it, for me, it's just a gift to the English-speaking church to have another amazing translation. Um, so we're going to read actually from Romans chapter 7. Now, Romans 1 is so wonderful in that, you know, we can read in, in Romans, um, Romans 1 about the just living by faith. Hallelujah. And, you know, that's, that's fantastic in, in the old King James. The just shall live by faith. It's been something I've been sharing about for quite some time. That in Him we live and move and have our being. That we enter into the righteousness of God by faith, hallelujah. By grace we are saved through faith, not of works lest anyone should boast. We have the great privilege of being sons and daughters of God by activating faith in what the Lord Jesus has done, hallelujah. But we're gonna have a look at Romans chapter seven. If you've got that there for us, Dylan, we'll pop it up. I wanna read this to you. Reading from verse 15. It says here, I'm a mystery to myself, for I want to do what's right, but end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. And if my behavior is not in line with my desire, my conscience still confirms that the, the, the excellence of the law. And now I realize that it's no longer my true self doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity. I liked that too. For I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. The longings to do what is right are within me, but willpower is not enough to accomplish it. My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. So if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, then I conclude that it is not my true identity doing it but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. <laughs> oh, I just got so happy. I, I was reading this on the plane um, to Canberra and I, I, I couldn't, I, I, I was so excited 
Joel and Candace were a few seats back and Joel was sound asleep and I so wanted to wake him up just to read that verse to him. I said, Joel, you're gonna love this. So I get excited about the Bible. Verse 21, and, though, and through my experience of this principle of duality, I discover that even when I want to do good, evil is ready to sabotage me. Truly, deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. But I observe another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner of the law of sin. This unwelcome intruder in my humanity, what an agonizing situation I'm in. So who has the power to rescue this miserable, miserable man from, this, from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? I give all my thanks to God for His mighty power has finally set me free through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So now the desires of my true identity will align with God's righteous principles, even if the unwelcome intruder in my humanity is aligned with evil. And I don't know if I've given you this, um, uh, um, Dylan, this is verse one of chapter eight. So now the case is closed. Oh, you did, well done. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Everyone said, <laughs> for we now live by the law of the life-giving spirit flowing through the anointing of Jesus, which liberates us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. And we are free to live not according to our weak humanity, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> oh, I just got very happy reading over that. You know, the reality of the freedom that we have in Jesus is given to us by faith. We appropriate, we take hold of what God's given to us by faith. And the struggle that, that Paul is expressing there is that when we are stuck in the idea that by our own willpower, we need to make it happen. We need to live right. We need to try and we need to try and make it happen. When you rely on your own strength, you will be weak. You will fail. But if by faith we are not walking according to the pattern of the world, but according to our own strength, but if we by faith step into the clothing of God, if we step into by faith the reality that, hallelujah, my true identity is as He is, so am I in this world, the, the 
power that we have by aligning our thinking with the truth that makes us free is, is what walking by faith looks like. It's about taking your eyes and fixing them on the Spirit of God. For the mind fixed on the Spirit is life and peace. Hallelujah. But the mindset on the flesh is quite miserable. Because if you look at your flesh, you will come up with the conclusion, I'm weak and I can't do it. But thank God I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. So you have a choice. You have a choice to live in the constant struggle and the condemnation of thinking, oh, woe is me, why can't I get it right? Or you can just step out of that and go, actually, that is not who I am anymore. In Christ, I am a new creation. The Spirit of God dwells within me and my spirit craves what He craves because He and I now have been brought together and made as one. That now I have been joined to Him and God cannot be joined to anything that is impure. So He has made me pure by the washing of His blood, hallelujah. And by faith, I have exchanged my weakness, I have exchanged my sin to receive the righteousness of God. Ha, shalabosuka. Ha. And it's in living in that reality that we get to walk in life and peace. But it's in living in the, um, in the stress and the trouble and the, the frustration that you are thinking that you are not measuring up that we live in torment and condemnation. And so often the enemy is trying to define you by what you face, by what you feel, by your mistakes, by the temptations that come. I, I speak to so many people who, who worry about, well, you know, what's wrong with me that I, I'm feeling like this, that I feel jealous or I feel afraid or I feel angry. What's wrong with me? And I have to remind them, that's not who you are. You might be tempted by anger. You might be tempted by jealousy. In fact, you might do something that you shouldn't do. But the moment you do it, as soon as you recognize it, you can say, that's not who I am, God. I, re I release that to you. I submit and surrender that to you. And I thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am not defined by my failure. I'm not defined by my temptation. That's more exciting than you're reacting. Because if you are beset by, by thoughts, uh, you know, of pride or selfishness or anger or unforgiveness, rather than uh, turning yourself inside out and worrying, why haven't I been able to forgive? Why haven't I been? Has anyone ever done that? I used to, I used to torment myself with whether or not I had forgiven properly. And, you know, I'd, I'd, um, I'm a sensitive creature and I, words, words can hurt, actions can hurt, everything can hurt. It's like feel everything. Ah! And so I'd get wounded. 
But then I'd be trying to forgive and I'd forgive. I'd go, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. And then I'd have a thought about it again. And then I'd go, oh no, I still feel pain about that. I mustn't have forgiven. Oh God, I'm sorry. And then I'd feel guilty for not forgiving. And then, oh God, I'm trying to forgive. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. And then I'd, uh, you know, the following night I'd lie down and I'd think about what happened again. And I'd go, oh, oh, oh no, I haven't forgiven. And I, I struggled in this place of trying to, trying to walk as I should, walking in life and peace and joy and forgiveness and finding the frustration that I didn't seem to be happening for me. Anybody ever felt that? Well, there's really good news for you. You don't have to find it in yourself. I kept looking for forgiveness in my heart for them. But the reality is, in my f- sinful nature, there is nothing good. I have been crucified with Christ. So for me to go looking and digging in, in, in me, as in, in my own self, as I was, was, was futile. So instead I began to think, okay, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer me who live, but Christ who lives in me. Has He forgiven them? suddenly forgiveness became easy. Because even if my heart condemned me, he's greater than my heart. And so when the enemy would come and he'd say, you haven't forgiven, I'd say, who are you talking to? She doesn't exist anymore. She's been crucified with Christ. And Christ now lives in her. And he has no problem with releasing forgiveness to them. And it set me free from the struggle of trying to find it in my own emotion. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit has given you everything you need pertaining to life and godliness. Try to find it in your own strength and you will come up short. Sometimes people say, well, I haven't got enough faith. Really? If it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you, you now live by the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And He has more than enough. What else do you think you might lack? I don't know if I'm loving enough. If only I could be more loving. Well, then remind yourself who you are and what you look like because He is love personified. So when you go to interact with somebody, instead of being afraid, am I being loving enough? Am I being Christ-like enough? Forget it. Just be. The just shall live by faith. In Him I live and move and have my being. I am no longer trying to be like Christ because as He is, so am I in this world. Hallelujah. We gotta know that the struggle is done. It's over. The struggle comes when you are believing the lie that you still have to, by your own willpower, produce fruit. <laughs> Pastor Joel preached about this really well on Friday. I encourage you to have a look on the live stream. But 
the reality is that now because of who I am in Christ, when I have surrendered and yielded my life to Him, I now have the privilege of manifesting Him through my life. You and I have the privilege of actually in faith living and, and declaring to the world what Christ looks like. If you're waking up and, and thinking, oh, it's another day, you are looking with cloudy lenses. The Lord wants you to wake up and have your mind renewed by the washing of the Word. You need to take the Word of God and remind yourself, thank you, Jesus. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. As He is, so am I in this world. Take the Word of God. Begin to war with it when you wake up in the morning so that when the enemy comes and says, oh, what sort of day are you going to have? Miserable day, got to go to work. You can say, I get to be Jesus today. Hallelujah. This is a good day because now you can then begin to think about, instead of thinking about, oh, what's it going to be like? What's that meeting going to be like? You can think about, what's it going to be like letting Jesus walk into that meeting? What's it going to be like when people see my smile and hear my greeting? They're not going to be hearing me. They're going to be impacted by the power of the Son of God that I get to bring the kingdom of God with me. You see, this is the power of a transformed mind. Hallelujah. And this is the privilege that we have as sons and daughters of the Most High. I, um, it's all fantastic. I would, I would happily sit and read to you the entire book of Romans today. In fact, I pretty much did that today just because I could. Oh, so delicious. <laughs> Don't be jealous. You're Christ, remember? <laughs> Chapter 12. Beloved friends, what should our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourself to be His sacred living sacrifices as those who have already died yet live. Yay! That's exciting. I'll just say it again because I don't think you got it. Beloved friends, what should, our, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to be His sacred living sacrifices as those who have already died, yet live, experiencing true holiness in all that delights His heart. <sighs> Seriously, say la and pause and think about that. You don't get to, you know, live up to it. You get to experience it. You don't get to live up to the holiness of God. You get to experience it pulsating through your very being. That's a whole lot happier than trying really hard with your willpower to be something that you can never be in your own strength. Just give up. 
surrender quick and reckon yourself dead to Christ, dead to self and alive to Christ. Hallelujah. And remind yourself that this beautiful truth is that we get to experience true holiness in all that delights his heart. Oh, look, seriously, I don't think you've got that because you would be spinning if you really understood it. One more time. I encourage you to surrender yourselves to be his sacred living sacrifices as those who have already died yet live, experiencing true holiness in all that delights his heart. <sighs> For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. God is worshipped when you live by faith. A life lived by faith is not a life that is seriously trying hard with its willpower to achieve holiness. A life that's lived by faith and is a true expression of worship to God is one that is deliberately stepping in by faith to the true identity that we are now the righteousness of God in Christ. Urakasa. <laughs> Verse two, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a, live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. <laughs> oh, Rabba. Oh. Yes, uh, worship. That's what that looks like. It brings God worship and it causes you to worship because it's the expression of true freedom. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. <laughs> Hallelujah. Instead of the redeemed of the Lord saying, oh, woe is me, what's wrong with me? I try to do the things that I want to do, I can't do. God's saying, hey, I've got really good news for you. You don't have to try and find it in yourself. You don't live by willpower anymore but you get to live in the reality that Jesus Christ now lives in you. You get to walk stepping into the fact that I do not live according to the flesh, but I live according to the Spirit of God. In faith, I walk according to His life. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, I used to be someone that would gratify the cravings of the sinful desire. Hallelujah. That's who I used to be, but that's not who I am. That, that can come and I can feel that in my flesh, but I simply have to remind myself of the truth. Now, you've got to be aware there is a war that goes on. And as long as you are breathing, the war will go on. But thanks be to God who has already triumphed over us. Hallelujah. He has already triumphed over you. So if you're, um, you know, you're struggling, then you need to remind yourself of the truth of the Word of God. Pick up the sword of the Spirit and say, actually, 
It's no longer I who lives. I will not have a bar of that guilt or condemnation and I will not live fulfilling the lust of the flesh because the Spirit of God now lives in me. I don't even have to use my willpower to try. The truth is that this is who God is and this is how He lives. I'm not saying we don't have to fight. We fight the good fight of faith. We live by faith. If you are placid and you just go along, you will become deceived by the culture of the world. You will become a victim to the enemy that wants to tromp on you. He wants to stomp on you. He wants to deceive you. That's why the scripture tells us, be sober and be vigilant for the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he, he only has the, the ability to do that when you are not lifting up your eyes to walk in the light. When you set your eyes on him, when you keep your eyes on the light, the one who is the truth, the way, the truth and the life, the light of the world, then you will not be deceived by darkness. The enemy can only deceive you. That's all he can do. He wants you to believe that, hey, you, you miserable wretch, you need to be ashamed of yourself. You need, he wants to beat you up. He wants you to live below the level of joy you've been called to because he knows that the joy of the Lord is your strength. He wants to sap your strength. He wants to discourage you. That's when you've got to wake up and recognize, hello, there's an intruder right here and I need to deal with that right now. That thought does not belong in my brain. It exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and Christ, the knowledge of Him is my identity. And anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of that needs to be dealt with like an intruder. And that's not politely asking it to leave. Let's be real. How do you deal with an intruder? Shalabasa. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Don't think that you can have your mind renewed by drinking of the culture of the world. Don't think you can have your mind and your thinking transformed by filling your thoughts with what the world wants to present. The mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Colossians 3, 3 says, set your mind on things above. Philippians 4 says, think on things that are pure and lovely and of a good report. If you are struggling to walk in light and truth and freedom and the fullness of joy, then perhaps you need to recognize that your life is not your own to live as you please, but God has got a better way. He has a better way to fill your thoughts. He wants to strengthen you. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The enemy wants to steal your time alone with God. He's terrified of you spending time face to face with Him. He doesn't want you looking in His face and hearing the tone of His voice. 
the enemy's terrified of that because when, when you do, you are reminded of the truth of who he is and who I am. Hallelujah. You need to be vigilant and deliberate to guard your time with God. Put the music on, get on the floor and worship God. Do it, do it. You can have breakfast, you can do that. You know, we do it deliberately. We don't have any trouble, most of us don't have any trouble, you know, getting up and eating some breakfast. But there is much more warfare going on over you getting up, putting some worship music on and fixing your thoughts on the one who loves you more than life. There's a war that goes on about that. And then the enemy even wants to manipulate that and make you feel bad because you don't do enough. But if you actually just do it, just do it, you go, aha, in his light I see light. And he loves me, oh, how he loves me. <laughs> and the enemy goes, ah, rats. Lost her for the day. She was gone now. That's why we need to be deliberate and vigilant to take our time to drink from His eyes, drink from His heart, to spend time listening to the Word of God and, and allowing Him to love on us and speak to us and bring us truth and hope and joy, to be careful about how we spend our time, to take time before you go to sleep, to take Take some time to look into his face, to, to perhaps put some worship on or just read some scripture and meditate on it. Even if it's only 10 minutes before you go to sleep, take some time just to read some scripture and meditate on it and worship him or thank him and think about how he's made all things work together for your good throughout your life. Or you can go to sleep thinking about the murder mystery you just watched and, you know, have dreams about that. God has a higher life for you. He has a higher call. And this hour that we've been called to, this invitation that's being issued is too good to miss. It's not time to be complacent and, and to be lazy. This is a time to say, yes, Lord, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Have your way, Jesus. If you will yield yourself to Him in this hour, you will be used beyond what you have yet hoped or imagined. God's invitation is to anyone who will say yes. And who will say yes every day, every moment. Who will live with a life of yes. Who will live by faith, not by accident. Hallelujah. We have a choice. We have freedom. Because Christ has set us free. But for those who will surrender, who will live a life of surrender, we get the privilege of not living for ourselves, but for Him. We get the delight and the joy of seeing His love manifested in us and through us. Hallelujah. So Father, we say yes. 
We say yes, Lord, we surrender. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being able to interact with people, not as ourselves, but as Christ living in us. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I ask for my precious brothers and sisters here. Holy Spirit, that this week that they would live and move and have their being in you, that they would live by faith, that they would live by faith in their true identity. Hallelujah. Lord, that you would bring them into greater and greater revelation of the knowledge of you. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you hear me, and I thank you for your freedom. I thank you for grace in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.